Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 234 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, we have a very large episode to get into, right? Because last week we talked all about time travel. Now, as you eloquently put it in the show notes, we are now doing an episode that feels like time travel. Um, but before that, let's do a quick 60-second catch-up. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We're not going to be recording for the next two weeks after tonight. That's right. Well, just the next week, right? Yeah, then I have plans for the week for the week you're gone, so that's good. Yeah, I'm going to be away. I'm going to be just like a regular old listener. You get, you so you went to your one show of every six years, right? You went to two shows, actually, technically. Okay, so Friday night, I actually went to see Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. Pretty good. Did you he get up kept... from your seat and clap? Not really, no. No, you're not one of those people. Okay, good. No, because I don't want to... I w- actually, I wouldn't have been in anybody's work because there's literally nobody behind me because we were in a... A uh, little balcony seat where only eight people were sitting. Okay. Not super close, but it was still yeah. good. He kept going on and on about how uh, it's funny that they're at a jazz fest, but what they do is very far from jazz. Right. And uh, later on, I did go see some jazz. I actually got to see uh, my YouTube hero, Adam Neely, <laughs> live. So that's one out of two, right? Because you haven't seen Rick Beato live yet. I don't think he does yeah. a lot. Of, he does clinics, though, right, I think? He does He does talks live. Yeah. yeah he doesn't. He's not a performing musician anymore. Yeah. He He doesn't think of himself as a as a guitarist which i always think is hilarious i agree all right that's been it. good 60 seconds Done. uh very quickly i joined threads last week and that's about it i am uh, posting as uh, brian mtl brian with an i if you want to go ahead and follow me over there um that's it i'm on a new social network angelo deal with it when somebody mentions threads to me i forget that it's a social network and i think it's a uh company that sends you new clothes monthly you wish that were the case, though, a little bit, yeah. like a little new, little Angelo surprise box of like sweaters. Yeah. Um, something else I did actually is a I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three today with the kids, with with one of the kids, the older kid, the other, the uh, the younger kid uh, was too busy playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom, so I he, he said. Also, I think you made the right decision with that. Well, yeah, he'll eventually watch it. We bought it, right? Because we didn't... It was cheaper to well, buy it than bought, to go to a theater. Bought it, quote-unquote, right? No, no, I bought it from iTunes. You have a Blu-ray? You have physical media? No, I have the license okay, to go. buy it until Apple lets me. There you go. Yeah. Double density. Okay, that is it. Angelo, because uh, we're going to do our uh, C2C Revisited Episode 4, and uh, let me tell you, this one was probably the dumbest thing I've, I've looked into, and I spent way too much time on this. So this week... Um, so let's rewind very quickly. So last um, C2C at the end, we talked about doing the Gulf Breeze incidents, and then uh, I decided to pivot and do Vance Davis in the Gulf Breeze 6 instead. Angelo, this was quite the decision. Um, so I made you listen to not one, but two classic Coast to Coast episodes, and I'm using classic in the air quotes kind of way. One from I consider them classic. Yeah. I, yeah. They have the classic Coast to Coast tropes. Sure. Let's go with that. So one episode uh, from June 6th, 1994, and then one episode from September 1st, 1998. So I don't know how to get into this incredibly dumb story. I guess I'll just read the notes that I took, and then we'll talk about the episodes. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. All right, let's take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. So the story begins with six Army intelligence analysts that were serving in the 701, or the 701st Military Intelligence Brigade in Osberg, Germany. So that is the largest NSA base in the world outside of the United States at the time. Probably the largest NSA base in general, from what I understand, because the NSA was kind of spread out um, during that time. So each member of the group held a top secret security clearance, and there were six of them. 
hence the golf presets, right? So Michael Hookstacked, Chris Perlock, Kenneth Beeson, William Setterberg, Vance Davis, and Annette Eggleston. So ranging in ages, with Kenneth being the oldest at 26, and then Vance Davis, who's going to be kind of the the subject, more or less, of, of this piece, uh, who was 25 at the time. Uh, as this instance occurred in 1990, so they began conducting meetings with Ouija boards and exploring non-ordinary non states of consciousness. And then they were claiming that they were talking to spirits and, you know, a bunch of icons, including the Virgin Mary. Not to be ageist, but they're really That's what young. I'm thinking. So that's one of the things we'll talk about later on, as how young they were and how weird it all was like, so I, that's on the tail end yeah you're not going to entrust the 19 year old to the to having like the keys to the world no. of the so NSA. what is happening is that they're talking to all these entities they're getting all these like different prophecies they're seeing uh you know kind of giving they're given end times predictions and things like that and there are over a hundred of them um that vance davis uh, lists in his book unbroken promise which we'll talk about later and uh they decide that they should do something about this so they are in germany and on July 9th, 1990, though that time uh, line is a little suspect, and we'll explain in a bit, but they go to the Munich airport and they fly to Atlanta before the group splits up. So um, two of them go pick up a uh, VW bug that they bought in Knoxville, Tennessee, and then all of them hang out. And uh, they all end up in Gulf Breeze, Gulf Breeze, Florida, Angelo. Can I, you want to take a guess why? Take a guess why? They uh, wanted to go see some UFOs? I actually know the answer, though. Oh, okay. Or, well, <laughs> or I know the answer that uh, I keep wanting to call him Ed Dames, but that Vance Davis said, and that's because there were some women there that he... There he were some women. With. That is correct. Anna Foster, who is a psychic that uh, one of the six met uh, earlier on because they trained in Pensacola, Florida, um, before being shipped off to, to uh, Germany. Um, she's a self-described psychic. She goes to different... Um, UFO meeting, she uh, goes to the MUFON conference that is happening there, and they, they, ho they hold the MUFON conference there that year because of the Gulf Breeze UFO settings. Yeah, there's just all this, we're not even getting into the show, but the uh, Gulf Breeze 6 bias is showing here, right? Yes. Their bias towards believing in end-of-world prophecies and UFOs and sightings of the Virgin Mary on toasts and on <laughs> Ouija boards. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what happens is that Huckstat, uh, crosses path with local law enforcement because they notice that the vehicle is driving has a broken taillight. And so they stop him, they run his name, they realize he has a warrant out for his arrest, and then they, uh, figure out where the other five are, and then, you know, the, uh, authorities go to collect them, and they, uh, transfer them to the custody of several intelligence agencies, and so they split them up. Some of them go to Fort Benning, Georgia, and others to Fort Knox, Kentucky, for interrogation. So after 21 days in isolation and numerous interviews, um, at one point, Vance Davis says there were two ordinary-looking guy in ill-fitted suits, and then a woman is is there, and he's convinced that she's a psychic trying to read his mind at the same time. Um, they let them so go. So frustrating when they do that. I'm actually reading Alan Moore's top ten. So it is a, a comic book series, and one of them, it's a bunch of cops in a futuristic um, superhero silly. Well, not futuristic. It's, uh, it was written in the late 90s, and it was an alternate 1999 where there were like superheroes everywhere. And one yeah. of them is a police psychic. Well, I, I watched a movie with uh, a character that could read minds yesterday. What did you watch? I watched Twilight with my daughter and her friend. <laughs> and? My daughter had a very good laugh at the movie. She Perfect. thought it was pretty funny. Um it was, it was, you know what, significantly more entertaining than I thought it would be, but there were some really, really silly parts to it. And I couldn't figure out if it was trying to be goofy or it was just goofy. 
Because I know that uh, the government has uh, Sasquatch liaisons, people that actually can communicate with these creatures and, you know. I've heard a lot of different whistleblowers come up uh, online and, you know, through a different uh, uh, radio right. shows. You've got mail. So finally, on August 3rd, 1990, the six were given discharges that were classified as honorable. So Davis claims that Senator Bob Dole and President uh, George H.W. Bush, H.W. Bush, not W. Bush, uh, were integral in freeing them. Apparently that they just got given the word and uh, they said, gentlemen and lady, you're free to go. That always happens. So then we continue a couple of years. And one of my favorite things, so someone uh, did a FOIA request. Um, and I like to it in the show notes. And uh, at the end of the FOIA request, there's a ton of uh, local newspaper clippings. And one of them that made me laugh was was this one about how um, I'm going to read this. It's from the Northwest Florida Daily News from uh, July 21st, 1992. And then uh, so the head is when Vance Davis and five of his friends went AWOL, it was reported that they had gone to a Florida beach to await the second coming of Jesus Christ in UFO. No way, says Davis. How ridiculous can you get? He says. Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ. Why would he come in a flying saucer? One of my favorite quotes of all time right there. That should, you know, that should go on billboards and in special magazines where you look at the quotes. I agree. Um, but it just made me laugh a lot. So now let's get to the, the sort of the meat and the bones of the episode. So uh, at the top, you're joking about, um, so at the top of the episode for 1994, June 6th, Art Bell, Coast to Coast AM. He mentions you can order tapes from him or from an organization that does his tapes. This is what I, why I mentioned that this is, feels like time travel, right? Because now we are in the future. No need for tapes anymore. We just go on the internet and it's there. Yeah, I agree. To. I agree. You could, you know, go find things, even bootlegs, right? Musical bootlegs. I was thinking about that last night when I was looking for one. Um, I remember, yeah, going to the store and spending $70 on an Alanis Morissette boot. Like $70 in the 90s was how much now? $14 million? Oh, yeah, I was going to say 140 at least. Yeah. Inflation, my friend. Screwing yeah. us all. So, yeah. So, um, Art does that, introduces Vance Davis, kind of gives an overview, and then Vance starts explaining that they were playing with a Ouija board and that they went AWOL. Some of the rumors aren't, but the majority, we did go AWOL. We did get information from the Ouija board. And uh, as... Uh, you know, as we'll probably discuss tonight, some of those things that we were told have occurred. A lot of things from the Ouija board we threw out as garbage. And you know how Art Bell feels about Ouija boards. Now, was I couldn't get a sense of it, but was this before his famous Ouija board after. experiment or after? After. after. Okay. So okay. he doesn't. He didn't he, talk he, about he's, that. He's mentioned this before. Much. He doesn't want to talk touch Ouija boards after the experience he had. Okay. And uh, although I didn't feel he reacted as severely as in the other episodes when the actual Ouija board talk I feel started. like throughout time, because I, we've picked later episodes, right? This is an early one. This is 94. I feel like he keeps hearing stories about Ouija boards. And okay, so it got worse. Just, the fear just keeps growing in his brain. And, and so Vance Davis is like, yeah, we use Ouija boards uh, for research. Uh, we were doing parapsychology research. Parapsychology research. Yes, trying what, to. What in the world were you doing in a field like that in the military? Well, I've always had an interest in it growing up, and uh, so had the others. So we decided on our off time to basically do some research. Uh, Germany is known for its old arts, as it's called over there. Oh, yes. And uh, we decided to 
kind of see if it's true or a bunch of garbage. Yeah, and uh, you know, they, 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 the research they did, they, they discovered that 70% of them were charlatans, which is a lot of charlatans. And basically 70% were charlatans that they discovered. The other three hit it well. Yes, so big surprise there um, that they were uh, doing that. And uh, yeah, so then we find out that uh, Vance Davis was talking to a personality named Sapphire. And that she Love was one of these people who are giving him all this information. Now I have, uh, you can cut this joke. Is it? <laughs> did he, did he uh, put dollar bills, throw dollar bills at her? Sapphire? Sounds like a stripper name. Double density. So yeah, so then what happens is that he gets told through Sapphire and all these different individuals that there's some stuff going on um, in Europe. And then at one point he mentions that there is, um, they predicted, and keep in mind, so he's talking about the a number of predictions that they made early on. Well, uh, we were told about uh, some things uh, that was going to be going on in Europe, and that was not a good place to be in the near future. Uh, we were also introduced to some other entities. Uh, for all these entities, I don't, um, as, as any analyst or investigator would do, we don't hold a lot of credibility behind them, but the information was very interesting, so we did a lot of research on everything we got. Uh, a lot of it was totally opposite. A lot of it was so far out that uh, maybe our own minds got caught up into it, if you know what I mean. So when these people got arrested, there were 1,600 documents or, or pages that were classified. And of those, only about 200 were declassified. So I'm wondering if there's something about this in the other um, 1,400 pages. Because in the interim, there's an earthquake that happens in Tehran. And Vance says that 300,000 people died. But fact check. 300,000 people were injured, but only 40,000 died. So I'm not sure if he misspoke or he meant to say something to that effect. I feel like if they have that many documents, they just basically wrote down anything that could possibly ever happen. And then whatever did happen of those things, then they seemed like geniuses, right? A oh, we're, we're going to have fun with the list. Twice we're going to have fun with the list later. Yeah, I can't wait. And then, so then there's this like mystery and everyone's like, oh, what about June 9th, 1994? What will happen on June 9th? It will change the world as we know it. The veil of evil will be lifted from the earth. Last night, Pat Robertson reported on the 700 Television Club religious program, you know, that some people have come forward with a, quote, word of knowledge, end quote, from God on June 9th. That on June 9th, quote, the veil of evil will be lifted from the earth, end quote, his co-host Ben Kinchlow reported that he had heard during a Christian conference in New Orleans that something would happen on June 9th, but no one seemed to know what it would be, except that several months ago, my sister, who lives in Seattle, heard from her hairdresser, a New Age source, I believe, that on June 9th, the world will change as we know it. What have you heard about June 9th? Well, I've heard two different stories. I heard rapture is supposed to occur, uh, which is kind of interesting because of my study of the Bible. Rapture isn't supposed to be known until right. it occurs. That's right. No no man shall know the date. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing I heard, it'll be a major sighting caught on national television. Angela, I looked into it. I looked into it, my friend. Nothing. I mean, apart from okay, yeah. No, I, I should say nothing, but nothing on the grand scale of which they're all they're pitching this. Right? There's a 5.6 um, earthquake in southern Mexico, and then unfortunately there is an Angolan plane that bombs a school and 89 people die. Sad events, but I don't necessarily think that that is of the stature of what they meant when they're saying something's coming. 
Yeah. They uh, mentioned our friend uh, Pat Robertson. They sure did. The 700 Club. RIP to that scumbag, right? Also, what made me laugh is that someone, so one of the call-in people said that their sister was a psychic, which, or sister's hairdresser was a psychic, so that's cool. Yeah, like, I think a lot of people's hairdressers are psychics. Yeah, I agree. So that's, uh, they're just hanging out, right? Yeah, they're all together. It's part of the, the schooling. Yeah, and then uh, there's a mention of an earthquake. Surprise, surprise. Uh, that's if we asked, uh, well, how big will it be? And we were told if it could be measured, it'd measure 14.4 or higher. Yeah, the, the big one, 14.4 uh, on the Richter scale. Is that even possible on the Richter scale? I guess it is. <laughs> I don't even know. Let me take a look at the limits of the Richter Richter scale limits. I thought it was on 10, and it's uh, isn't it like a logarithmic scale? That at a certain point, the entire world just implodes? So it does not go from 10 uh, or between any limits at all. But yeah, it is a, a larger magnitude. Don't uh, don't shake the, the, the earth that bad, guys. Okay, perfect. Uh, so then, of course, we talk about aliens. Uh, another one is a 96. A 96 is a big year. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that a couple times. Uh, we will actually be introduced by 96. That's actually what it said. We'll be introduced to our first alien race. So... Vance Davis mentions that there's the possibility that in 1996, and keep in mind, this is two years in the future, right? Um, will we yeah. have been introduced to aliens on a national level? And then, of course, they, uh, they talk about going to Georgia, right? Why did you guys and a gal go to Georgia? First of all, I mean, why? Did... Oh, that was when we were arrested. Did, did you feel like the person that was communicating with them on the Ouija board was a bit of a troll, sort of just <laughs> making fun of them? I mean, that is... So are you believing that the Ouija board was functional in that case? If it was, the per, the the Ouija board spirit was trolling them. Totally. And I was talking to Steph. I was talking to my wife about this. And she was just saying that, like, you know, any positive prediction that's given is, is very suspect. Because, like, Ouija boards are usually, like, doorways to um, demonic spirits. Yeah, that's what our bell tells us. So, yeah. Um, so that's... <sighs> That's weird. And then, of course, uh, Vance Davis is, like, plugging where he ends. Sure, and I would like everyone to know that I will be speaking in Olympia, Washington on June 24th. They can call WebWorks up there in Olympia, Washington. All right. uh, It'll be my third talk, believe it or not. Uh, We finally decided, uh, me and my wife, that if the story's not going to die, we better clean up all the rumors, uh, especially the one about that I'm a religious fanatic. Talks about gun control? The horror of all horror, actually. Yeah, yeah, the biggest horror, because he's definitely a Second Amendment dude. Yeah, he comes off very much sort of like the militia people that uh, we talked to Oh, yeah, to that, that, happened, uh, that happened later on in the 90s. So, these episodes, when I hear these guests, it's really frustrating, because you just want to communicate with them and tell them how dumb they sounded when you go back <laughs> 30 years, because everything they say comes off sounding insane. For example, when he mentions how the last president is going to be in 1996. Yeah. And that the Antichrist and it's going to be General Colin Powell. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like who, who a lot of people respect, apparently. Yes. And Clinton is ruining the world. Like, that's always how it is, right? When, when there's a, a, a more liberal president, the conservatives say he's ruining the world. When there's a more conservative president, the liberals say he's ruining the world. Yeah, of course. But I mean, they're all ruining the world. Surprise. Uh, shocker. <laughs> So he also mentioned something interesting about his exit statement. And you know what's interesting? On my uh, statement that they released, uh, I gave him a couple predictions. Yes. They're blacked out. They're blacked out? You know what that means? They're still classified. 
Oh, and before I forget, Vance Davis says Washington. I don't know if you heard him at all, but he doesn't say Washington. Probably says Washington over and over. Washington. I think it's just is he where's he from? Right? Is he from like Baltimore or something? No, he's from I want to see one of the Midwest. I had it somewhere in my notes that I cannot find right now, but that is fine. I'll live. It's just uh, it's just the accent. I was watching uh, a documentary and the one of the people being interviewed said uh, he went to a uh, pawn shop. <laughs> and he had to repeat himself. No, not porn. I'm pawn. I'll re- it's my accent. Yeah, of course. I think of it's course. from Staten Island or something. So one of my favorite quotes here, and I, I didn't clip this because I just I wanted to say it out loud. Is he said, "We didn't go to Gulf Breeze because of the UFOs, but because of the women we were going to pick up." Figurative and literal. That's where. So Vance Davis goes to 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 Gulf Breeze, and this is an aside. This isn't in the episode, but he meets his wife there before they move to Colorado eventually. Uh, okay, and it's not the psychic you mentioned. No, so that's not Anna. Anna is uh uh, in, uh marries one of the other five. Okay. Okay. So they're yeah, but they're all they're all coupled up. It's then, just so of course, hard to get to keep all these things straight because as we you'll see when we discuss the next time Vance Davis was on his story this is really uh, actually he has no sense of uh, sticking to a story. Let's put a pin on that because I have a I have a theory that we'll get into in the I second can't wait episode. to hear. I don't think he, he is consistent in his story though, though we'll talk about that in a bit. And then he uh, so in this, this then episode, he just sort of uh, decides not to mention certain things. I guess correct. So coming back to ninety four, he also mentions just kind of like that that he saw a UFO. One of you had any UFO sightings? Uh, I had one. Believe it or not, in Art Bell's hometown. Uh, I was there about uh, two weeks ago. You were you were in Pahrump. I was in I was in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, all right. Las Vegas. Uh, I saw an interesting. I don't know. UFO is a very catchy word. I saw and it wasn't a plane, and it was a weird light and a single light that moved. Probably, I would guess about close to eight thousand miles an hour because we're taught how to track planes. So when he starts saying things like this, obviously, right, he has a bias towards it, and that uh, colors everything that comes out of his mouth. Correct. Or through his hands onto the plaquette or plachette, 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 planchette of the Ouija board. Use your francophone talents here. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about the polar shift. Yeah, that's, you know... He mentions it. He mentions it's happening, right? So they're saying it's every 10,000 years and we're overdue. As, <laughs> uh, that's the thing I always heard people talking about when I was a kid. Remember? It was going to be a big thing, right? Yeah, and then it wasn't. Surprise. They'll yeah. watch us wake up tomorrow and just... Feel the the power of the the polar shifts happening to us and realize how screwed we are. I'm going to be in Florida and it's going to be minus thirty. And will you be able to buy a parka easily? Do you think? In Florida, no, no, exactly. Layers, my friend, layers. I can't wait. So then, uh, Art opens up the phone lines and uh, not everyone's happy about uh, what they're talking about. He's on the wild card line. You're on the air with Vance Davis. Hello, uh, Art. You're peddling in death. Well, I'm not trying to. What was your sense of the callers in this episode? They felt very one-sided to me. You think so? Like like pro Vance Davis? Pro Art Bell? Pro insanity. <laughs> of course, yeah. That that totally makes sense. Like there not there's no critical thinking in these callers. In many regards, right? Like they they don't just think, but they also how long you been listening to Art Bell? Shut off your goddamn radio. Yeah. Top, He's going to get really upset. Comment. Yeah, of course. And you got to speak up if you're on a cordless. Yeah. Forget, like, cellular phones. He would have yeah, lost exactly. his mind. We were, we were told a lot of things about the Pope. 
that he'll turn uh, the next pope will turn the church somewhat upside down, um, which will set up the final pope. But we were told that the um, one wild thing that we don't put out, that the Antichrist is already in power in Europe. I look, there's no one in power right now in Europe that makes sense for what is happening here, but that's okay. That was in power at that time and now, right? So the Antichrist yeah. came and went. If you were to formulate ways in which you would describe your way of thinking, how would you describe the way you think, Angelo? I try to think critically, but I do have my biases. Okay, well, this is how Vance Davis does it. You know, kind of like I do talk to people, I tend to deal with what I call reality-based logic, uh, basically, uh, on things. And uh, people ask me, well, what should I do? And I tell them, well, I'll do what you feel you need to do, but let's look at facts. I don't think he actually understands the meaning of the word reality and or logic. <laughs> That's correct. And then uh, Art bumps him, because I think that he could tell that uh, maybe he was full of it. So that so when I got to that point and because I do feel did like you not come back yeah you you recognize that you right well it's something yeah. you explained to me and I kind of had a chuckle to myself when the rest of the episode was just callers wild and, card uh, lines and uh, lots of lots of nutty people as usual so let's talk about some of the nutty people that you want to talk about here so flesh eating disease Angela I'm kind of wondering what he would that and you wrote this makes me wonder what Art would have thought about COVID that my friend would have been running wild. Do you think he would have been a COVID conspiracy nut? Would he have been rallying against masks? Would he have? I don't know. It's a good said question. Said the I, vaccine causes uh, you to be tracked by the government. Would I don't he think he would have said it. I think he would have brought other people to say it because that's what he does, right? You got to remember is that he's more of a a, uh, a ringleader, not necessarily the peddler of thoughts, but the bringer together of thoughts. I I do find it funny that you you follow Art Bell so much, but I feel like. His opinions differed very much from yours. Oh, absolutely. But the thing is, at the end of the day, like, he also is very clear that, like, he wants listeners to make up their own minds a lot. Okay. Uh, which is also research. why he... Yeah, exactly. But actually doing your own research, as we do yes. with Vance Davis. Oh, a couple of other random Vance Davis stuff. So while the Gulf Free 6 were still in Germany, they went to a UFO conference where a woman named Marguerite, their contact there, because they got told by Spirit, call this number, there's a woman... Who named Marguerite? Who will answer? And uh, she's part of these um, UFO conference going on there in the late '80s. And the conference will get canceled, but you still talk to her. So they call this number, and sure enough, this woman named Marguerite picks up, and she gives them a stack of documents at one point. And Angelo, there is a hell of a lot of Bill Cooper in there. Is that who, in the next episode, Richard Hoagland is referring to as one of his colleagues in radio? No. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think I don't think Richard Hoagland and Bill Cooper ever crossed paths before. Okay. Because I, I he had mentioned well, I mean we'll get to the next episode, but uh Richard Hoagland mentions at one point talking about one of his other uh colleagues in radio. Yeah, so I don't think they ever crossed paths. Okay. I can't wait to talk about Richard C. Hoagland uh during the next episode. Before we wrap up, yeah. So um these six get given all of these different documents while they're in Germany, right? And they start reading them. And as you're probably well aware, um Bill Cooper, full of it, right? So um, a lot of that kind of documentation um, ends up being problematic. And so what happens is years later, when um, the duo, when two of them go pick up the the VW, right, in Tennessee, when they get pulled over for the broken taillight, one of them starts yelling about how um, they, don't, they don't know what these police officers have done. They're going to kill us, you know, protect the documents, blah, blah, blah. So one of the working theories, because they're not quite sure what they were talking about, is that maybe... These documents that they had between late 80s were part of that. 
Okay, and you think they had stolen them? No, they were scared that this was like given to them, the, right? Okay. And stolen, right? Um, so one of the big questions that comes up is like, how were they able to board a plane without detection, right? Because presumably these people went AWOL and uh, there's a warrant out for the rest. And it kind of turns out that, and I did some research and like, once again, these are like people on different internet forums were saying, not just above top secret, I found a couple of other things that like back in the day, if you had a valid um, intelligence pass, if you had a valid armed services pass, you could just board a plane, no problem. Like a domestic flight. I mean, the rules were very different. Yeah. You could smoke on planes, my friend. Yeah. Anyways, coming back now, to things. Uh, yeah, there was uh, there was a bit of um. So people were jumping on the bandwagon to agree with Art, right? Like that seems to be the case where people yeah. call in and they totally agree with Art about pretty much everything. And they were talking about healthcare also, and <laughs> An being, internal like, topic. being against it, right? Like it's it's it, it's always mind blowing to me why certain people are so against public health care and how it should be accessible for everyone and even back then the same arguments were being made and the thing is is that now they're just amplified back then you had to be calling on a radio show to kind of get your opinion out there now you could just type it on the internet and show all your hop on, on threads Facebook. and give it a thought right yeah yeah and then you got uh, one of my favorite callers of course that i mentioned a couple of times charlie liberal calls in too yeah and there was also a prank call yeah which was fun to listen well, to yeah well, so I just after hearing these calls, though, I do want to mention: Do you feel like a lot of the people calling in were were significantly more conservatives than liberals? Yes. Why? What do you? Th what's the explanation for that? I don't necessarily know if it is a trend, though. That's the thing: is I don't really recognize if it is um, a big trend, a little trend. I kind of I I can't substantiate this without looking this up, but I feel like art got added to a lot more smaller markets first. Okay. Before breaking into to larger territories, more okay. or less, or finding homes. So I think that may pay, play a part in it in that it's more rural than urban, or suburban, rural mixed, not urban. Okay. And then, you know, they keep mentioning how something's coming. And your buddy uh, Malachi Martin got mentioned right at the end. He sure did. We should definitely do an episode on him sometime. Did he, because have a, he, did he ever have him on? Oh, he had him on three, four, five times. So he had him on a number oh, of times okay. before he died, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm a computer guy. Everything made out of buttons and wires. Double density. So this comes to September 1st, 1998. So I'm going to set this up by reading. Um, so uh, Tanner Boyle and Substack did a 12 or 13 part series on, on Gulf Breeze that I only managed to find at the end of my research because it wasn't indexing in Google properly. And I just clicked upon a link, clicked upon a link, clicked upon a link, ended up here. So let me explain to you what happens the night before September 1st, which will give you context as to why you suddenly had Richard C. Hoagland and Vance Davis on, on okay. Custer Sam. So on August 30th, 1998, Art Bell hosts a night of intense confrontation between Major Ed Dames, an unconfirmed former Project Stargate remote viewer, who we've talked about before, and yeah. Richard C. Hoagland, who is described here as a promoter of NASA conspiracy theories in various books, positing the experience, uh, the existence of man-made structures on Mars and the moon. Remember the face on Mars, right? He was really horny for that. Yeah, I remember seeing that on uh, Unsolved Mysteries when I was a little kid. Probably, I remember it being like around Valentine's Day for yeah. some reason. Because I remember that night we had worked on a Valentine's Day project for school. And it totally freaked me out. Yep. 
you know, that face on Sidonia, right? Because that's so, like proof that there's aliens. Martians are going to come and get you. So Ed, Dames, and Hoagland almost get into a fight when Hoagland claims to have uh, an NSA, an inside NSA source, right? So Dames responded that anyone from the NSA revealing intelligence to civilians would be severely punished, but Hoagie insisted that he had a credentialed person giving him inside information. The next night, Hoagie invites his NSA source onto Art's show. Angelo, his NSA source is Vance Davis. I love how out of the gate, Art says, huh, that name rings a bell. Yeah, so let's firstly talk about uh, Hoagie's intro, though. So he loves talking about how he's he was uh, Walter Cronkite's like science advisor, but the way I understand it is that he was just in the right place at the right time. They couldn't find anyone else to talk about space the, the day that they needed someone to talk about space, so they, they picked him for a bit, and then they moved on. So you also mentioned in the intro talking about Old Navy, and Angelo, this is one of the stupidest, like bare none, stupidest conspiracies that I've ever heard, that Richard C. Hoagland, who actually... I, I think it was like a, a year ago, I was listening to an episode in 96 or 97 where he brings this up because this episode is 98. So in previous episodes of Coast to Coast AM, Richard Hoagland talks about Old Navy being code for the lost city of Atlantis. Now, just how, to clarify, we're talking the... The stores. The stores. Yes. The clothing re- retailers. Yeah. Now, this, how, this is how far his conspiracy yes. threat. And how their stores had hidden basements, secret basements and compartments, and how the commercials had codes in them for meet times for a Mason-like organization. Isn't this sort of how people thought uh, there was that slavery code thing for... Uh, <laughs> the online? Wayfair one? Yeah, the Wayfair slaves. Yeah, 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 yeah this is very similar. Uh, way worse, I think, though. This is way worse or Wayfair in, like, way In stupider, in... Not oh, this only, is way stupider, yes. Yeah, like, there are secret compartments, secret basements in Old Navy outlets, which, like, if you are if you have an Old Navy at a mall, like, they're not, they're not building you a basement, buddy. No. This is really silly. So, yeah. So, anyway, so Richard gets on, uh, and then he starts introducing Vance Davis as an NSA guy. All right, I want to be clear now about um, who you say Vance Davis is, and we'll do that by asking Vance Davis in a moment, but you say he is uh, a former NSA employee is that accurate that is accurate all right vance when were you nsa i was went in the military in 1983 from wichita kansas went through school and then was assigned as a army e4 into nsa at fort meade maryland and that was in 1984 uh so 1984 until 1990 uh, I was in and around NSA all the time. And most of the time, except for two years, I had civilian bosses. This dude has clearly announced himself as NSA uh, four years after his uh, initial um, uh, appearance on Coast to Coast AM. Two years after he releases his book, suddenly, Vance Davis, NSI. I, he never mentioned the NSA once in that first episode, correct? Not at all. Not in the least. That that's why it felt like he was changing his story okay, so much. He's not changing his story, Angelo. No, he's just adding upon. So let me explain what I mean. I believe that this is the blooming onion theory of a great grifter, right? So okay. have you ever ordered a blooming onion? Yeah. Yeah. Tastes so good. you know. It's got layers to it, right? Yeah. So in the middle, there's like a core, right? So that's that's Vance Davis, baby Vance Davis, first appearance on Coast to Coast Am. And then the this NSA stuff is like the uh, like the next rim because he also shows up on an episode around 2000 and he still makes podcast appearances right so the blooming onion has like six seven eight nine layers deep of, so he's still alive history. yes correct 
Okay, and he's still making podcast appearances. Oh, he Would sure he is. make an appearance on a podcast that talks about technology and the paranormal? We should ask him. I'll figure out where his contact information is because he couldn't find it. But yeah. What would we do <sighs> if he actually said yes? I would have a really hard time. No, I would just ask I, him, hey, listen, like you've made all these predictions, right? And you've claimed that like... So his whole thing, like many good grifters, is that you have to claim that you um, are making a probable guess, not the only guess of the future, right? So these are prophecies versus probabilities yeah. yeah okay so keep that in mind right so now he kind of tells his story um and then he was also in florida for training in the 80s which doesn't get mentioned during the first episode i was told at basic at uh, ait school in gulf breeze in pensacola florida or gulf breeze florida that i had been requested with my roommate to go to nsa which does not usually occur art in richard until you've already served four or eight years, at least two tours. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of military bases in Florida, not or no? There are a bunch, yeah. And then yeah. he explained some of his NSA training, which, you know, uh, just give it a listen here. And they were testing me on that. That went on for about three months until they asked me to pop a balloon. To pop a balloon? To pop a balloon. A very mean, simple experiment. You mean with your mind? Yes. I, I, I didn't take it. You meant with a pin. No. Ah, that's easy. <laughs> Popping... A balloon with your mind, Angelo. He's one of the few people that can do that. That is they correct. Know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. They singled him out because of, uh, he, you know, he was like the pretender. <laughs> which gets referenced in the episode, which is so stupid. Yeah. Like Richard C. Hoagland says he's like the main character of the pretender. Yeah. Which I don't remember ever watching, but I, I've yeah. heard of the show. So I'm then familiar. Art starts putting the things together in his brain about 25 minutes in. He is like, oh, Vance Steve's like, I had you on a couple of years ago, right? You were the Ouija board guy. And then Vance gives this explanation. Uh, that Ouija board was part of it, yes, but there are other things that were going on at the time, and we, because of our position, had certain accesses to information. In that interview, we also uh, talked about the Gulf War, and that that was all prepared and set up in many ways, and that we weren't the only ones that knew that. So yes, that was the interview, and we were given certain predictions, certain events, uh, that we had to research close to 1,500 pages of notes on top of other things that we had been working with in Augsburg is the place where we were at. And that's six soldiers that did that. We basically I remember the wire reports about that. And then one of my favorite things is the way that Richard C. Hoagland cannot stand to not be the center of attention. So anytime Vance Davis makes some kind of crazy claim in this episode or some, some kind of like bigger claim, Hoagie has to jump in and sort of like tag team it and embellish the story or yes and it to oblivion. He did feel like he has to. It's sort of like he needs to tie himself onto as many different things as possible so that he can actually make money from them peddling his wares. And in this case, ridiculous theories about ridiculous things. Are are you suggesting that you had information about a virtual coup d'etat in the United States? Yeah, exactly. So then Art says, you're, uh, you know, you, you're Richard's NSA contact. He kind of, they walk through all the stuff about a, uh, missiles. All right, what exactly do you know? Did I state it correctly uh, that your sources told you that North Korea was trying to hit a nuclear plant in Japan with two missiles? They, the, the information I received from, from about five different sources was that this was a scare tactic to shake up Japan. Now, wait a minute. Already there's a difference. No, not scare really. tactic. They fired two missiles. Okay. Yes. 
One of them went over Japan. Yes. Yeah, I know. That one outright missed, overshot its target. Okay. Okay. What well, was? I understand they were going after yes a nuclear site near Tokyo. Then that's not trying to scare somebody. That's trying to uh, yes, it is. kill a lot of people. Well, it, yeah. Uh, North Korea firing at uh, at Japan to scare them and stuff, which is just sure. Why not? Let's talk about that um, at that point. And like so. Well, one of the weirder things, and they get into this a little bit later, and this is just a question that I'll let hang in the air, right? So as Ed Dame said last night, why is an NSA agent or an NSA source invited to talk on a national um, level about this stuff, right? Just, I'm letting that hang there for the minute. Yeah, because he would get arrested for revealing all these things, wouldn't he? Exactly, right? So then they get into the idea here about talking about maybe Vance Davis is a disinfo agent, maybe. And then, Vance, the following uh, assumption can be made, and that is that the only way you're able to say on my radio program tonight what you're saying, the only way you're able to say that is because they want it said, which makes you uh, an agent of disinformation or um, of a partial truth or even a truth that they in quotes, want out. Is that a correct assessment, Richard? That is a very correct assumption. Richard, I love that part because he just basically called him out. <laughs> yeah. And then it just goes into this like NWO stuff, this like Qaddafi murder stuff, talking about ugh, Gorbachev and then all this other kind of nonsense for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Bin Laden comes up too. That is correct. Right. One of the and weird... It, like, yeah, it's like he... Did he write for the Family Guy? <laughs> Just like faxing jokes in. Yeah, because right, Bin Laden also appeared on the Family Guy. That's a there's a famous scene that actually after nine eleven was cut out from that episode uh, yeah, because exactly. he was trying to get through uh, security. Did you know that uh, Seth MacFarlane was supposed to be on one of the planes? I did know that. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's uh, kind of freaky. Sh- shocker. Mm-hmm. <sighs> More unbelievable than that, though, is Vance Davis. Right, so he. Uh, a fax comes in that is critical, and then Art reads uh, it, and uh, Vance so many faxes, and Hoagie Brian. Get, get so mad about it. It's so funny to listen to. Art, the Gulf Breeze 6, and that's what you were called, Vance. You were one of the six, right? Uh, the Pensacola News Journal, yes. Yeah. Uh, called, called you the Gulf Breeze 6. We're given, we're given honorable discharges after they handed over 1,500 pages of notes. These pages contain predictions that were made in seven sessions using a Ouija board. Clearly, with all due respect to Vance, he is not as credible as Major Dames. For Richard to prop up Vance as a reliable source is questionable. If we are dealing with an unconventional physics that allows us to transcend space and time and view events halfway around the world, Russian submarines, all the interesting skullduggery, that Ed and his colleagues were involved in, and the people at SRI before, and Hal put off before that, and Vance after that, then why are we limiting the abnormal and forbidding us to consider that Ouija boards are also another technological tool of this hyper-dimensional physics? In other words, the Ouija board was a tool to focus the information that the body was receiving not the other way around. The Ouija board received nothing. It was the body, my body, with Ken Beeson sitting on the other side, 
receiving information in our brain, translating it, putting it onto the board. The board receives nothing. They cannot take criticism because the criticism uh, kind of shows the weakness in their stories. Exactly. And it makes exactly. them... It basically makes them curl up in a ball and become defensive and argumentative because yeah. that's the only way they can protect themselves from re- people realizing how insane they sound. What is that saying? Hurt people hurt? Yeah, that that's uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> I meant mentally, like inflicting... Ask a Ouija board, Brian. Yeah, I'll get my plushette out, right? And yeah. so then the question, of course, is uh, who's being used, which also makes me laugh. Who to believe? Uh, even yourself. Uh, I, I, am, I being, agree. am I being used? Are you being used? Is Richard being used? I think all three of us are being used. Well, that might be. Everybody's being used. And then one of the strangest interactions here is <laughs> Hoagie asks a really interesting question. That I'm going to just I'm going to put it in here. Let it hang. Let me know what you think about this. I want to say a couple of things. First of all, let me ask a question. Who is perhaps the most famous remote viewer in history? Ingo Swan. No. <laughs> Oh, you asked me for a guess. Uh, he was, I think, the original. I don't mean need a guess. You know, the, it's actual documented fact. Who? If you agree with it or not, it's documented. Who? Name is Nostradamus. Oh, all right. right. Trick question. Second letter. No, it's not. Hold question. If, if Nostradamus is real, if Ed Dames is real, if Vance Davis is real, if Ingo Swan is real, there is a physics to this. And then we talk about, uh, quote, unquote, like, you know, some kind of uh, U.S. Uh, attack. On uh, uh, Iron Lady, I think is is the title or what they they call her, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, they talk about the Statue of Liberty, but they give it a code, like an astronomer's oh, yeah. likes code. Yeah, the Iron Giant, and then the movie comes out. That is correct. Like a year later, or two years later. Yeah, and an all time favorite of mine is mentioned in this episode. <sighs> the the grifteriest of all grifters. He literally went to prison. Yeah, he's he's an awful person, uh, Sean David Morton. Angelo, did you know that Sean David Morton and Vance Davis wrote a pamphlet together called The Gulf Breeze Prophecies in 1993? Would that surprise you? Actually, no. Grifters grift together. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, um, it's just a transcript of a very long interview or a conversation they had together that is sold. So it's like a podcast before podcasting, but in written form. Exactly. And then would it surprise you to know that one of Vance Davis's confreres is uh, your friend and mine, because I'm going to link this back to Nostradamus, John Hogue? No. Yep. There's just a web of these people just hanging out. We together. haven't mentioned John Hogue in a long time. Him, no. him and his glorious beard. <laughs> True, yes. You know, if, he, if we had the perfect, the ideal grifter man, right, he would have the facial structure of a Stephen Greer, the hair of a Richard C. Hoagland, the beard of a John Hogue. Yeah. Is he still around? Does he still peddle his wares on Nostradamus? Uh, he must be. Let's take a look. I've used that term. A I've few times I've tonight, refused but... to look him up uh, until I've had to. Okay. Ooh, he just put out a blog. Apparently. Oh boy. Ooh, this is bad, Angelo. I'm. Are just you gonna, gonna link it in the show notes? Hogue. Oh yes, but secondly, like we're gonna do a live looking at this. There you go. Okay. Hogue prophecy. Hogue prophecy Look at that, Angel. Look at that layout. Mm. Uh, he did not use Squarespace for this. Oh, no, he also doesn't know how to format at all. This is awful. Is this, and is this, this, no, but this was made in 1992. Oh, no, June 2023. <laughs> what is wow. up with, how did he do this? Hippies past become green hippies future. What does that even mean? What is he using for this? 
I, I don't understand. There's a picture of Putin on here. Yeah, I noticed. What is going on? Well, this is... A future quickening requires an important announcement about future articles. All right, let me take a look here. You can log in with Meta, apparently. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that at least. So, yeah, so at the end there's of the episode... A con- there's contact info here, Brian. He has a contact it. form. We I'm love contact forms. Do you want, should you fill it out? I'm not filling this stuff out. If you want to fill it out using the Deadpool Density email address, Don't we can. Density Dad email address? Yeah. Okay, Angelo. Um, so the end of the episode comes. He gives his contact info. He gives out his phone number, which everyone's like, Art's like, don't do that. And he's like, I don't care. Why didn't he give his Twitter? <laughs> That's a great question, Angelo. That's a great question. He should, have. he should have. Double density. Okay, so let's dive into these predictions, which also you can find in the, the show notes. And keep in mind, these are from the early um, 90s, right? So this comes out, Unbroken Promises comes out in 94, 95. And I tried to find a physical copy of Unbroken Promises, but it's not happening. I'm not paying hundreds of dollars for this stupid thing. Um, but he, there's like, there's a ton of prophecies. There's like 85, 90 of them, right? So um, there's just uh, so many stupid ones. Um, well, and this it, came- so when reading these is, like I said before, just basically saying everything possible. Yeah. Because, right, like here now it's the last Pope elected in 1996. Um, there's also the last president elected in 1996. So Rainier did not erupt. 93 to 95, yeah, exactly. What Which is one Marky? of these is your favorite? Um, now, the youngest president to be elected since Kennedy elected in 1992, that was correct, wasn't it? Because wasn't Clinton yeah, the youngest? Keep in mind, this is published in 95, 94, 95. So just think about that for a sec, right? And we have no way of verifying these earlier ones. Brian, then we... So is it is it valid to make predictions in the... Like, can we make predictions, Brian? Do you remember a false rapture happening? In, in, wait, listen, I have, a, I have a prediction. In 2020, I'd say end of February 2020, there's going to be a problem in the world, and, and there's going to be no flights. Everything's going to shut down. People are going to stay indoors. My prediction. Mark of the Beast in our arms. Yeah. Look it up. March 2020. Did, that, did something happen? Uh, another one of my favorites is biblical treasures will be found starting in 1994. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of biblical treasures hanging around. Yeah, um, some of these are extremely random, like unification of Germany. That that had happened already. Yes. Uh, keep in mind, though, that this is quote unquote written in the late eighties into ninety, right? So another one that made me laugh is a great upheaval in Florida will raise ancient cities. So that's Atlantic, right? I'd assume or Atlantis. Sorry. No, that's what's happening now uh, with DeSantis and Disney. Ancient cities? Where are they coming off of? Yeah, Epcot. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, another thing that, that Vance Davis says during the broadcast is during all these times of great upheaval, the U.S. will not be destroyed a lot because they're, they're somehow protected by, quote-unquote, like Native Americans. And I hate using that term, but that's the term they use. Number 81, a meteorite will hit the Pacific Ocean by 2005, and that will cause significant damage and flooding. Uh, let me check my notes here. Uh, nothing hit. <laughs> Incorrect. In see, if you want to go ahead to the show notes and see some of the more stupider stuff in there, I, I, I definitely would uh, would let you know. So, okay, let us talk about a bunch of stuff, right? The, I've, we talked about the blooming onion theory of of conspiracy theories and grifting, right? So, the idea of yes ending, right? Not um, necessarily trying to uh, usurp what's you've already said, but kind of expand upon it, right? To make yourself look good and great. Um, some people believed, and this is like one of the weird things, right? So. Some of the people, um, Pentagon officials were saying that, like, they belong to a group called, like, the End of the World, which was quickly retracted. 
the you know the Pentagon said this. The, about so during the, the time in 1990, July 1990, when they okay. like the Associated Press and other people were asking for comment, and originally it said, "Oh, this group belonged to this end, oh. end of the world cult." Oh, like an actual cult, yeah. and didn't didn't Vance Davis refute that? Well, yeah, he said, "Listen, I'm a I'm a Christian." Like, yeah, he, and he talks about this multiple times. He's a Christian. He's a Christian. He's a Christian. Though, interestingly enough. Um, um, Jacques Vallée and other people in ufology had maybe hinted the fact that like the Gulf Breeze 6 went to Gulf Breeze to hunt for the Antichrist who they believed could have been Ed Walters, right? So, and this is just a theory, but it's kind of an interesting one given where they ended up. Kind of weird that they end up in Did, you know, Gulf Breeze because of that. Now, my revelations is kind of sketchy, but wasn't there a mention that there would be a uh, person faking UFOs <laughs> and he would be the Antichrist. Just give me a sec. I'll check the New Testament and then we'll okay, just take a look perfect. at that. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, another weird thing we forgot to mention is that a few days after the arrest, um, a teletype message went out to all of the major networks um, and then some local papers in Gulf Breeze. And uh, one of the uh, news outlets in Gulf Breeze printed it and it said in all caps, U.S. Army, free the Gulf Breeze 6. We have the missing files, the box of 500 plus photos and plans you want back. And then there was a code. Was this major news in 1990? For like a day, right? Because they've never had, the U.S. Army never really had whole groups of people go AWOL, right? They've had soldiers go AWOL, but not entire like teams. And people that had access to top secret files like that and that were doing the hard work of speaking to the devil using the Ouija board. So it's funny that you say, like, and you've mentioned this, that, like, they were young, right? 19 to 26. Um, and then early on, Vance Davis on one point mentions that he was recruited to the NSA early um, because he actually took uh, Silva mind control classes in his teens. So they were offered in the Northeast um, in the early to mid 80s. And so he took these classes. And then um, instead of spending a bunch of time and then ending up in the NSA, he was recruited early on. So and. I've dug into trying to figure out how the others were recruited and it hasn't been explained because you have a 20, you have 22 year old sergeants, which is like a weird yeah. um, um, uh, post to be holding as someone so young. A lot of it sounded made up, but th- this seems sort of verifiable, I guess. Yeah. But not really. Uh, <laughs> it's it, look, I, I like how you explained it though. in that, I was incorrect in thinking he changed his story. It's just he added so much to it. Yeah. And your Bloomin' Onion explanation works really well for him. So one of the big points of contention, too, that people love to point at is going, you know, see, hey, listen, um, they got general discharges. They got honorable discharges. Like, they weren't court-martialed. They weren't arrested. You know, there's, like, a lot there. Yeah, just in that. Yeah. So I did some digging around. And then someone on Above Top Secret, which obviously is a cesspool, but, like, it felt like classic Above Top Secret when I was reading these these posts. Like, it felt good again, even though, like, the latest one was from, like, 2017. It felt like old internet. It was super exciting. Make Above Top Secret great again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so one of, the, one of the posters had said, generally what happens is, um, and, like, once again, this is, I'm not a U.S. military, like, specialist. And I'm wondering if anyone Oh, you're there, not. No. Surprise. But I'm wondering if anyone out there could could verify this. And they were saying that, like, generally what happens is that if you are psychologically assessed to not be fit while in service, they will give you a general discharge. And after six months, it becomes an honorable discharge if you don't screw up somehow. So one of the working theories is that these people were um, – 
tested upon MK Ultra style, right? Or perhaps this was a psyop that they were not a part of, that they did not know that they were a part of, that they were recruited in doing tests. Because you got to keep in mind, like during this time, the NSA, the CIA, all of the three letter agencies are doing a ton of tests, right? Like the Men Who Stare Goats, the movie, is all about remote viewing. And that happened during this period. And then Vance Davis says he met some of the people from that group at one point. I'm not sure if that's true or not. But there's like this whole weird idea of not knowing whether they were in it or not in it. And that's like what Art was saying. Like, are you being used? Are we being used? Who's being used? So I, this is by far the most logical theory because it feels like Vance Davis believes he did everything he did. He's revealing all these secrets, but he's not being arrested. No, And there's a reason for that. It's because they're like, well, we're not going to say we did anything. People are going to think he's crazy, but we did all this to him. Yeah, And he totally believes this, but we all know it's garbage. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a political, um, you know, garbage fire either way. Like, imagine that you are in a position of power and these six people run off and you're not quite sure what to do with them. You interview them for a couple of days. You keep them in the hole for like 21 days, right? They're all separated. And you don't know what to do with them. If you court-martial them, um, your own... So... I also feel like perhaps there was some improper conduct um, from their superiors in terms of red flags that they did not notice until it was too late. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so in order not to reveal incompetence, perhaps it's better to just let these people go and let them have their veteran benefits. Yeah, and make them think that what they did was real. Exactly, yeah. So, because um, something else to mention is that Vance Davis and and a couple of other people end up moving to Colorado, right? Because at uh, one point, that was their ultimate destination because they had bought a bunch of supplies from a friend in Texas. They were going to go from Florida to Texas to Colorado to go pick up these supplies and sort of like bunker down, right? Because if these prophecies were going to come true, it's going to be dark times. Colorado is seemingly a good place. It's high up, not a ton of yeah. water around. Best place for the militia. Yep, exactly. Um, and so it's this weird thing of like trying to figure out how psychologically damaged these people had been throughout their tenure, um, you know, in Germany, right? Because the uh, at one point, Vance Davis talks about having to learn history, like the real history behind things. And he breaks down that like dates aren't actually dates. Like the American Revolution was like planned like 60 years in advance or something like that. Like it just, there's a lot of weird stuff that like doesn't necessarily align with a ton of what he's saying either. That just, yeah, there's like things that are like verifiably true date wise. Yeah. That just don't make any sense. You know, and he's still out there peddling this stuff, talking about it, thinking everything he went through was the real thing. Yeah, so I, 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 so do you think that he was in on this? Is he pure grifting, right? Is he fully cognizant of everything he's saying and he's just recognizing that he um, had gone through all of this stuff and he's damaged goods in the, the eyes of the, the army and the NSA, so it doesn't really matter what he says? Or is he righteous in his belief system? When we first started the episode, I thought he was a complete grifter. Now, I still think he's a grifter and he's trying to milk this for all it's worth. Yeah, of course. But what he's there's the bones of his story actually happened to him, but it was like you said, some yeah. sort of weird test. Yeah, because they spent seven years before this happened to them, right? You got to remember that like they spent seven years, um, and then I can't remember one of them, but one of them kind of like checked out after a couple of years, saying that like no, we we were just burnt out, right? We weren't searching for the Antichrist like everyone else says we did. That's what the Pentagon was trying to put out, and the only reason why this got any attention is because the media picked up on the story. Like, have the media not picked up on the story? I don't know what would have happened if they were doing this for seven years, though. So Vance Davis was twenty one when they st- when he started it, or, or sorry, nineteen. Uh, because obviously the nineteen year old didn't start when he was twelve. Yeah. 
So Vance Davis so, was there from like 17 onwards, right? So I think like the last two years, so 88 to 90, let's say, like I think that's when everything ramped up. So someone's like, yeah, so yeah. Huckstat was like 17. Sederberg okay. was 18. Perlock was 18. Uh, Beeson was 24. And then- uh, were children. And, and like, was, yeah, children, right? So I'm just wondering if there's like a weird psyop, right? Like, because at the same time, you got to consider the landscape, right? The, all of the, the remote viewing tests that happened in the 80s, right? Like it's just, it's yeah. just crazy to me. Well, I, again, as in every other episode we've done like this, I really enjoyed listening to these weird coast-to-coast episodes. And more, obviously, the content is interesting, but it feels like such a time capsule. I agree. I agree. And we're just opening this sort of radio time capsule and going back to when times were simpler. (laughs) But seeing how the actual way people thought hasn't changed all that much. Right. It's just now it's, it's, it's amplified. It's amplified on threads. There's dudes like us have uh, talking out on podcasts, making their own radio shows. I mean, listen, like, like silver lining to all this, right? Like Vance Davis's um, power has like greatly diminished, like his, his stature, his importance is like greatly diminished. Right. So it's not like he's still making headlines out there. It's just, he's in his very small pocket of the internet. Yeah. He's given way to Stephen Greer and the like. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which so, is not much better, obviously. Angela, how much do you hate yourself? I I don't hate myself. I like myself. Okay, but do you like to torture yourself? When it comes to listening to cringy old paranormal shows, when people talk about really dumb things, I love doing that. Should we do some John Hogue next month, then? That's a great idea. I'm going to go see if I have any episodes... Um, or the, just Nostradamus in, in general. We could do Nostradamus, yeah. Um, there's a, but I, John I mean, Hogue will be on, right? I'm sure he's been on Coast to Coast. He has. I was thinking what we can do maybe then is there. So there's a week of episodes right after Post 9-11 where people are calling in and reading all the fake Nostradamus quotes. So that could be interesting to do just contextually speaking in terms of like people trying to process grief through trying to understand something sure. in that lens. If not, I'll find a pure John Hogue. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I might, I might like the pure, uh, like John Hogan. The Hogaries. Yeah, I'll have him we on had, too. I'm gonna invite him on. We had, we had uh, Richard C. Hoagland, and now we have John Hogue. You know, if I were Richard C. Hoagland, I definitely would be reading into that a little tiny bit. The Hogues, right? And then we gotta yeah. have a John after on afterwards for the next month. Perfect. Angela, thank you for taking this trip with me. Yeah, because I'm gonna be taking a trip this week, and I won't be here next week. That's right. Angela, where can people find us, though, before you leave? They can go to DoubleDensity.net. And just like John's, John Hogue, and we You were going to say John have, C. Riley, weren't you? Yeah, John C. Riley. No, I was going to say John C. Hoagland. Uh, John <laughs> Hogue, we have a form you can fill out on our website. DoubleDensity.net. And, and we'll answer. We'll talk to you. We'll mention it. I'm still on the hell site, twitter.com slash double underscore density. Because of the fact that Threads only lets you have one, call it one, identity on there at a time. So I can't post on there, um, unfortunately. And then, yeah, also on Instagram, Double Density Podcast. So that'd be kind of great if you guys follow us there, too. And, uh, yeah, that is pretty much it for episode 234 of the Double Density Podcast. You can tune in next week as Angela and I mysteriously depart to Germany to begin um, new jobs that we can't talk about. It's the NSA.
June 24th. They can call WebWorks up there in Olympia, Washington.